So think of your dating profile as a resume. You want to put your best foot forward, right? So this means okay. actually getting a photo shoot done, not just like, you know, taking selfies or having your friends take pictures of you. Go, go to a professional, getting some photo shoot done. Hmm. The picture should reflect who you are as a person. So I would recommend having right. something that's, you know, you're doing as a hobby. If you're like playing guitar, reading, bring the book to the photo shoot, right? Or even hmm. if you like playing pool or listen to music, maybe the guitar, have that as a prop. And then have a picture of you where you look really confident and with a smile, right? Don't put anything mm. on, your, on your face, no glasses, no sunglasses. Right. You want to see the real you. And obviously wear clothes that fit and wear clothes that you would wear to a date to impress people or make yourself look good. So that's number one. Pictures. Number mm. two is going to be your prompts. You want to make sure that these prompts showcase your personality, especially if you're a humorous guy, showcase your sense of humor. You're listening to The Big Asian Energy Show, where every week we interview Asian experts, move makers, and ceiling breakers to uncover their secrets to success so we can help you reach your greatest potential. I'm your host, John Wang. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Big Asian Energy. Today, we have somebody very special. We have an Asian dating coach. For millions of Asian Americans, I'm engaged now, but back in my 20s, dating and relationships took up a lot of my focus. And as an Asian guy, I always wondered if dating was different compared to my white friends. These days, K-pop bands and more media coverage are showing East, Southeast, and South Asian men as being more attractive but what kind of secret roadblocks might be keeping some of us back? And more importantly, how do we get more dates, be more attractive without pretending to be someone we're not? We have with us Asen Lee, known as the Asian Hitch. This guy's been interviewed by Fox News, NBC, CBS, talking about the experiences of Asian Americans as a coach when it comes to dating and relationships. Thank you for being on the show, Aysen. Yeah. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah. First and foremost, how did you get into this? What was your own background? Like? Yeah, that's a very interesting story because as a kid, I was a shy kid. If anyone's seen the movie Hitch with Will Smith and Kevin James, I was pretty much Will Smith in that movie. Growing up very shy, very awkward around women. It wasn't until probably the end of high school, the beginning of college, when I started getting better talking to people and women in general. I started seeing more of that with other friends of mine that are in the same circumstances as I once was. So why we have issues with dating and communication. I grew up in China and uh, before that I lived in uh, Eastern Europe, Czech Republic, now known as Czechia. Hmm. The place I lived in was different at dynamic. To adjust probably caused me to become introverted because I never felt like I belonged. And I know that if a lot of Asian Americans don't feel like this is our country or you're in the West, maybe in the UK, you don't feel like... The, Great Britain where London is your place because you don't. Mm. So that's what I had to deal with growing up in many different countries. You know, in Eastern Europe, I felt like, hey, I'm kind of accepted, but not really. But in China, mm. I was the kid that looked Chinese, but didn't speak Chinese or didn't know how to use chopsticks. So I was kind of picked on a lot. And coming to the States, same thing. I'm the Chinese kid now. <laughs> so everywhere I go, I'm like, oh, where do I fit in? Even if I go back to China now, I still wouldn't feel like I belong because I grew up mostly in the States now. 
Yeah, 100%. Nice. Am I Asian enough to be Asian? Am I too westernized when I go to Asia? You can Strange see feel. it, tell, you know, by just you walking or the way you dress that you're not from there. Yeah, we stick out like sore thumbs. I think that impacts the way we feel about social belonging and safety. How did that play into your own experience growing up? If I remember correctly, you grew up in a mostly white area, right, is that right? That's right. And so growing up, I always wanted to fit in no matter which country I was in. In the Czech Republic, I wanted to speak the language, be like the other kids, eat their food. In China, same thing. I wanted to learn how to use chopsticks, <laughs> how to read. In <laughs> and in America, I just wanted to be accepted, right? I wanted to play sports, right. be popular. So that's why mm -hmm. everywhere I went, I never felt that sense of security. Mm -hmm. I had to carry that throughout adolescence and adulthood because I had to learn who I was and really embrace who I am because I'm not going to be the regular cookie cutter American. I have to be, Hey, this is who I mm -hmm. am. I'm different, but I have mm -hmm. to really embrace that. I play it, use that as my strong suit. And you said you were a pretty introverted kid when you were in high school. Is yeah. that right? You know, I was a little shy. And how did that play into your own dating life and experience? Yeah. It's almost impossible to get a date if I don't talk to anyone, right? <laughs> So that's why, you know, I would, yeah, I would think you can't yeah. just stay back in the background. Right, right. And just I would ask think about it. Like, maybe hope right. that a girl that I like would like me back, and then maybe she would approach me, ask me out, right? And that never happened. Did that ever work out? <laughs> Missing out. Who, who was your crush's name back in high school? I had school? a few names. <laughs> One of them was Emily. Emily. We talked for a little bit, but it was never romance. I just didn't really know how to ask her out. I, was, I had to fit in throughout my life. Even in high school, I tried to fit in by being a funny guy. But instead of being mm. the guy that everyone laughed with, I was the guy that people laughed at. Maybe doing like funny things in the classroom. So that didn't really help me with dating because no one wants to date a clown, right? <laughs> I'd learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. not, not, all, not all attention right, is good exactly. attention. But I mean, we do the things that we do to fit in, right. right? And I think that's such a big part of it is especially in a phase of our lives there's so much focus, whatever it is to find a belong. I, I, I know some people, they just become like the computer guy, right? Like they're just super smart with computers. So that's how they find their identity mm -hmm. or they're the math guy yeah. or they're the smart dude. You know, some, some people do sports. So for you, that was at what phase in your life then did you really find your first girlfriend? Oh, that's tough. I mean, my first real relationship, ah, probably after college, because mm. before I obviously mm. went on dates throughout college, but. It never really materialized to anything more than just that. So obviously there's some hmm. like hooking up and messing around, but maybe I wasn't ready at that time either, because that's when I first hmm. started dating. I'm like, okay, what do I even like? Did you date at all during high school? Parents no, didn't no, want me no. to, right? They're like, you Oof. don't need to go to this party. <laughs> you can stay home. <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that. Right, right. Hey, what are you doing going out at eight o'clock at night? I was like, yeah. Yeah, my friends invited me. Like, you don't need to no. go out. <laughs> if your friends jumped off a bridge. Yeah, I said, we're going to be so worried. It depends. Know, be is, there, is, is, is there a party at the end of the bridge? <laughs> so you date, but it don't sound like you were dating a little bit when you were in college. Did that come naturally? Well, for you? it started coming more naturally as I learned how to talk to people. So in the, mm -hmm. the at, at the end of high school, I saw some of my friends going on dates. I would hit them up on Fridays and hey, let's play basketball. Let's watch a movie together. Let's go to the mall. They're like, no, I have a date. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on now. What is that? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, people are having girlfriends. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then I, you mm. know, obviously looked into that. Right? How do I get a girlfriend? And then obviously at that mm. time there were videos on YouTube, the pickup methods, which I don't really recommend because, Oof. but that's what we had back then. There wasn't about a lot about mindset development, personal growth. 
was like, hey, you know, say this line、mm-hmm. to a girl, maybe she'll like you. <laughs> <laughs> so we tried that,、yeah. least, and that、yeah. helped a little bit. But it was so tough for me to overcome that barrier—the barrier of、mm. approaching people. It wasn't even normal for、yeah. me to sit in a room with someone and talk to that、mm. person. That barrier was was really hard. I was stuttering the first few times, and people thought it was cute. They would encourage me, "Hey, you know, like you got this." <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like, it gave me some pity, but you know, pity, right, right. But afterwards, that's not what you want when you're in college, <laughs> right? Like it's not cool. So you don't want to get pity date. But as I got older, I realized that pickups doesn't、yeah. really work because you're pretending to be a cooler、mm. character than who you are. If you、mm. eventually started to see this person more, they're gonna see right through that. You're gonna be like this person is、mm. pretending to be another person, the Tropic Thunder. So you're pretending、mm, to be another person、yeah. to gain gain some favors or gain love from this person that、mm. thinks you're a different guy. And how did you go from watching these videos, realizing that you wanted to get a girlfriend, have a real relationship, and you didn't want to compromise your own values、mm-hmm. and pretend to be someone else? How did you later on get into a relationship? Right, that right. You were so、for? throughout college, I wasn't happy. I was going on dates, but I wasn't really myself. I wasn't comfortable being myself. I came across this movie called The Secret, which tells you、hmm. about manifesting and self worth. That's when I started looking、hmm. into mindset development and self development and thinking that,、hmm. hey, you know, but I, I don't have to be ashamed of who I am. I can be happy.、Hmm. I can be better than who、hmm. I am. I don't have to live in this fixed state. I can grow. My mindset、mm. can grow. I can do better things, and I can be、mm. finally proud of、mm. who I am. And that's when I started doing, getting into more self development, understanding my career path, my goals. Back then, I was like, "Hey, let's go to college and maybe just get a job, make fifty, sixty k, and get a house in the suburbs." <laughs> But after that, I was like, "Hey, maybe I can do better things in life. Right? Maybe I can become a better person."、Mm. How did that play into that self development work and your focus on changing your mindset? How did that later on relate to specifically in the area of relationships? And, right, but understanding and, and that I can become better, I can start loving myself, and by loving myself, I can then accept love from others. Before I was like,、mm. hey, like I don't even love myself. I can't like any any love you give me. Like there's no way I can accept that because I'm not comfortable with that.、Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with myself. Hmm. Hmm. Got it. Right. And at what point did that journey take you to where you are now? When you decided, hey, you know, I'm gonna coach people on how to find and attract dates. Yeah, I kind of jumped into it. So in college, throughout my last two years, I gotten better with women. People see that I'm going on dates with another pretty girl, <laughs> so they're asking、yeah. advice from me. At that time, I was、yeah. able to give them some good advice. Some of them actually got into relationships or asked the girl they wanted to ask out. After college, one of my goals was to become a model. Growing up, my mother had a boutique fashion shop in Europe, so I was always surrounded by magazines and runway shows on TV. So I was like, "Hey, mom, one day I'm going to be in one of these magazines," and. That was what sparked me to become a model. I moved to LA after graduating college. I didn't really have a lot of skills. Just fresh out of college, I couldn't get a job because then that would compromise my modeling、mm-hmm. career because I had to go in for photo shoots, castings, etc. A full time job. In order to make extra money, I had to use my skills. I was good at sales and I was good at talking to girls.、So、I started posting ads for people that wanted to talk to women, wanted a girlfriend, wanted to get into a relationship. And found my first client,、mm. you know, a few days in. The lawyer 
They paid me 250 bucks to take him to Hollywood and talk to women in the bars to overcome that anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, this is mm -hmm. something that could work. And that's how I got started. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that was your first that's client. Right, first now, what was the focus to be? I wanted never, to be the never, Asian guy. Never became who, that until no, much later. So I was doing that and doing in person. So, so you had clients from from all sorts of. That's backgrounds. right. He was a Hispanic, you know, like Hispanic white clients, black you know, clients, Hispanic, Hispanic lawyer, forty background. years old. Yeah, the first one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, surprisingly. Wow. And it only became a full time job after COVID because I was taking clients out, but locally, right? So I couldn't really scale. But with COVID and everything shut mm -hmm. down. I was able to expand this online because I saw that more people needed it than, you know, people in Texas. So like people in the mm. Bay Area, especially a lot of tech people, a lot of software engineers, even people in New York, mm. those are some big hubs over there. I started to sure. move it online. I tested it out and it's worked really well because mm -hmm. I'm able to say the things yeah. I, I would say to people in person and apply these strategies that I've learned, apply, apply these mindset beliefs that I've learned into everyone else's lives. So that's when I realized mm. that this is great. And I found my purpose because I would do calls day in, day out, like six, eight hours sometimes just talking to people and I wouldn't get tired. Whenever someone gets the result they wanted or someone reaches their potential that never believed mm. that they could have reached, that's what really fueled me. So when you say results, what kind of results did you feel like most of your clients wanted? Yeah. So most of them, they just wanted something very, very basic. They didn't think this could work. Very skeptical coming in. They're like, if I get more dates, that'd be good. I'm like, okay, how many days are you getting? Like one or two a year. Okay. Then definitely that's not a hard goal to reach. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get more days and you get like three days. Hey, you're good for the whole year. Yeah. But I wanted people to like really dream and really think about this as if I'm giving them something like a magical being. And then they wake up in the morning, they get hmm. whatever they want. Because if they're too scared to dream big, that they can't reach anything big. Hmm. And what was it that most people said they really wanted? I've been on Tinder, I've been on Bumble, and I keep swiping and swiping, and my fingers are raw. <laughs> it's been six months. I've gone on one date yeah. to hit to confidence. Totally. So coming into a chat with a dating coach, if I could you know, give you a magic bean. What is it that is that dreaming big? That Usually have two answers. If someone's inexperienced with dating, they just want to go out and get more dates. Another uh, here, thing I hear is that they want to get into a relationship. They're tired of swiping and going on yeah. dates. They just really want to get into that relationship. Yeah. And for the second half, the people that yeah. do want to get into a relationship, they usually do within weeks. Really just a mm. mindset shift. So you were working with your clients and usually within a few weeks time, they could, they're, they're, they're getting yeah, into the yeah. results they, they want. They they're told me that, that they work with other coaches, like four other coaches for months and then they didn't get anything. And then I'm like, okay, the thing is right there. So what my approach is honesty, right? I'm super honest with my clients, always mm -hmm. transparent. And then mm -hmm. I expect the same from them. A lot of times they're not transparent mm -hmm. with themselves. So you can't be transparent with me and other people. And then by doing that, mm -hmm. dive down and understand what are their limiting beliefs and what's causing that. Most of the time, yeah. can, can we do some role sure, playing sure. here? So let's say that I'm a client, I'm coming and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm tired of first yeah. dates. I've been doing this. You're talking to these guys who are lawyers mm -hmm. or it sounds like right, they're pretty right. successful. You would think that this would not be a, a major block. What would you as the Asian hitch tell me? Yeah. I would ask you, what do you want? Right. First of all, we've got to find out your end goal yeah. and then find out the things that are stopping you from getting there. It's very much like starting a business. So, like what's stopping you from getting there? <laughs> sure. I'm shy. I'm socially awkward. <laughs> I often feel a lot of inner criticism, not good enough, not good looking enough. 
the dating market is brutal. Women have so many more choices. Mm -hmm. And I'm a simple guy. I just want to go on a few dates and find the love of my mm -hmm. life. I, I want to settle down. I want to have kids. So you mentioned a lot of things about society and women, but what can you do to become better? You mentioned that you're shy, mm. right? Introverted. How do we improve yeah, and so, what's causing that? So let's say I always believed that I wasn't good enough. I'm not good looking. Right. So let's talk who's telling you that you're not good enough. I've never had women tell me that I'm a good looking guy. And I see guys who are good looking. I look at myself in the mirror. I don't look yeah. like that. My other question is, did your mom ever say that you're not good enough? Did you get a lot of praises as a kid? Diving, yeah. We're diving yeah, into that deep work. Exactly. It's okay. like therapy, right? Five minutes of trauma as, as a child could leave you 20 years of scarring. That's why we have to find right. out what okay. the root causes and deconstruct. Your, your work with your clients is really focusing on diving deep into their self-perception. Right. It's not about the things we say or the lines. We're talking about like pickup artists <laughs> and I think of Neil Strauss's yeah, book, right. The Game, right? But a lot we of them move that in. have a yeah. background, they would, they would have to unlearn everything because it's not about that. It's not about mm -hmm. you got to make sure you do the push and pull. You got to do this. You got to do Oof. that. No, you yeah. got to be genuine and honest yeah. with yourself. There's a reason why mm -hmm. you're not able to fully express yourself. It's because of past trauma, past hurts, maybe some kind of bad reinforcements that you've had. That's why Asian people understand my struggles because we have the same kind of parents. We were never really praised mm -hmm. for our success, but more so criticized for our failures. So let's dive into that a little bit. Let's say that I'm just like, yeah, my mom never really, you know, I was always being compared. She was always yeah. talking about how the neighbor's kids are doing so much better and he's going to be a doctor and be successful. And here I am, I'm just a computer engineer. How do I change that? Mm -hmm. Understanding why isn't a computer engineer good enough? Do you want to be a doctor and why do you need that validation? Mm -hmm. Instead of validation mm -hmm. outwards, you seek validation from within to make yourself happy. And so how do I do that? Click the link in the show notes <laughs> of the episode and sign up. The main work is really done through questioning the belief held on to or that we built around it. Mm -hmm. On paper, and they seem really so, good, right? But when they feel about themselves, it's not as good as or they look on paper. I think the question that some people have is, am I beyond saving? Mm -hmm. Is it just me? Have you ever encountered clients who have had this belief or this thought? And how do you help them with that? First of all, we got to understand why they feel that way. In order mm -hmm. for them to get help, they have to understand that they can become better. Because if they feel like they can never become better, then no matter how much work I do, they're always going to find reasons to stay in the same place. And and when you're navigating that... You got to break down <laughs> what's stopping them from um, achieving something right. they want. Maybe that's because they've failed in the past. Maybe they got a coach before. Right, understanding what their coach did, mm -hmm. what their coach didn't do. But I'm genuine and honest. I would tell them exactly what I think. It's more mm -hmm. so accountability, maybe kick them in the butt a little bit. <laughs> I, I love that. I think tough love is important. So let's bring up the second part here, which is what do you think the biggest struggle is that Asian men run into when it comes to dating that, let's say, non Asian guys might not experience? So your non Asian clients, white, right, Hispanic, right. et cetera, they're not question, seeing. Yeah. Because two things, one of them is confidence, because our white counterparts, Hispanic mm -hmm. counterparts were loved a lot by our parents. Our parents loved us too, you know, but it's in a different way. Instead of mm -hmm. giving us positive affirmations, they would give us, you know, food <laughs> or like yeah. money to buy some clothes <laughs> or maybe some books, yeah. right? Or like to tutor for us to get into better schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for them, it's more so like with words, like, hey, you know, Timmy, you did good. You know, you hit the bat this time, but hey, swing harder next time, son. You got this. Next game, you're going to beat them. Another thing is that 
they had dating experiences and dating was more encouraged in other societies in the Asian society. Hmm, so it's, un- right. it's not uncommon for someone to go on a date at 14, 15 with a chaperone. For, like we just go- for, for our non-Asian right, friends exactly. here. I remember when I was in middle school, I remember having a white friend of mine who said he went to watch a movie with this girl. They were on a mm-hmm. date and that his parents went yeah, with yeah, them as yeah. a chaperone. <laughs> it blew my mind. I was like, where are you from? In my mind, if I'm not 25, my parents are not allowing me to date. <laughs> That's normal for them. It's like, act like I'm not here with guys. And they would just have a Sunday yeah. or something. Like the parents are on their mm-hmm. own date. The kids are having their own day. And they're sitting in the back. And that blew my mind because I think that social conditioning as well as the skills, right? That's how confidence mm-hmm. is built. Confidence is built by repetition and experience. That communication style is, is built pretty early. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good point. Do you feel like society plays a role into this as well? Like for Asian guys, are we viewed differently in a dating pool? Definitely. Growing up, there wasn't a lot of main characters that were Asian that were portrayed in a good light. Mm-hmm. So like we had Jackie Chan, we had Jet Li, and that guy from yeah. 16 Candles. Wasn't the best. It wasn't what you want to see in your in your <laughs> partner, future partner, right? So like all the good guys were yep. like antagonists or protagonists were white guys, blonde guys, right? Tall guys. So mm-hmm. every girl's hearts were like, hey, I want that as my future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want that Jackie Chan right. over there. <laughs> right. right. There's conditioning. But nowadays it. with the right. rise of K-pop, with the rise of Asian actors in Hollywood is getting a lot better. So you are noticing on the ground that that when it comes to dating, Asian men are getting more yeah, getting, likes, yeah, are, getting more getting, swipes, are getting more swipes, are getting more attention. positive that's attention. Right. That's great. Exactly. Yeah, that's fantastic. So that whole representation thing that we've always talked about, the importance of having those positive role models in movies and TV shows is actually making it, you know, progressing forward. And now we're able to for our next generation, at least, they're able to experience the things that we might have not experienced at our generation. Is that whole problem, is, is that kind of done now, do you feel like, or is there still more? I mean, I feel like we're always gonna be perceived differently with every race. There's always gonna be prejudices mm. and uh, stereotypes, True. but that's okay, you know. As long as you can embrace your own race, that's more important. I always mm. tell people, don't think of yourself as a second-class citizen, think of yourself as unique, you're a limited edition, almost. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> is the limiting belief that a lot of Asian... Yeah, for example, I, I, this, I would ask 10 people this, right? If I said, tomorrow, if I can give you a pill and you wake up as a white person, would you take that pill? Nine out of 10 people would say, yes, of course. Life is easier as a white mm. person. But I'm like, no, mm, I don't take that pill wow. because you got to <laughs> understand that you are worthy of love and you're not a second-class right. citizen. There's a story that my mother told me that this one girl, Chinese girl, Korean girl, I don't remember, but she had single eyelids. She got in her big movie and so happy mm. that she went to Korea or somewhere and got double eyelid surgery. And after she mm. came back and met up for the first call and they're like, well, mm-hmm. who's this mm-hmm. person? You look so different. What? We cast you because wow. you had this unique look. Now you changed it. Now we can't mm. cast you anymore. So we had to look for a different actress just like mm. that. So mm. we have to really embrace what we have because, you know, certain mm. people like me because I'm an Asian guy. But if I woke up as a mm-hmm. white person, some of these girls that like me aren't going to like me anymore. Hmm. So have you ever heard that same sentiment about self-doubt in non-Asians? 
Yeah. Sometimes, you know, like I remember this one client, he's a white guy at the time he was divorced for 20 years, felt like he could never find love. Mm. And then we would go out to bar sometimes to talk to people. He was like, Hey, you know, like it's easier for you because you're Asian. He's white mm. family has a great upbringing for him. So he's like, Oh yeah, it must be good because you're Asian or like, you know, white girls like black guys. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, now I, I told him about looking from within instead of looking at things you can't mm. control. Look at the things that you, maybe mm. you could go to the gym a little bit more. Maybe you could do some more reading mm. to understand your downfalls. I, I think this is a new narrative that hasn't been popularized yet. <laughs> where we got white guys coming on being like, man, I wish I was Asian guy so I could get more. Oof, so unfair. <laughs> and do you, when you're working now with Asians, do you only exclusively work with Asians or are you? Um, still I just find that Asian guys find me more, they resonate with me more. They see a guy that looks For like sure. them, understand their upbringing. Mm -hmm. Etc. But I'm open to everyone. You don't yeah, discri been discriminated a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you feel comfortable. Yeah, I felt fine in the Czech Republic. I was okay. I was six years old before mm -hmm. I went back to China. So, but in China, that was like pretty bad. I was like, oh wow, these are my people, but they don't they don't like me. So I was really light skinned going to China, and so there I didn't speak mm. the language. I didn't know how to use chopsticks. I stayed at a boarding school, and they would know how to eat their food. I was like, how do you eat this? this rib or something. I needed to cut a different yeah. way or like, where are the knives? <laughs> and then this one kid, he would try to cut me with like a plastic knife. I was, what? I was second grade first. And he was like, Hey, what? let's see if this guy bleeds white. So I had to fit him myself. What? Yeah. I had to grow up fast at a young age. So discrimination. Dude. Yeah. This was at a private school and not like. <laughs> it seemed like a private because six people to a room and I was the guy that was Oh my God. Uh, it was rough, but I grew out of that. What I learned was that you can either mm. crumble or become the victor in this situation. One thing that I learned from being bullied is that there's two things that could happen. One is you become the victim forever and the rest of your life, you're just like, mm. you know what? The world is unfair or you can choose to get mm. up and make different decisions. This is a good learning step. I can finally become a better person because through adversity, mm. I learned to face other adversities. That's why I'm able to be more fearless now. Mm, that's powerful stuff, right? The scars that we have is what that makes us strong, yeah, unique. That's right. That's right. why I have, I have some you... scars on my face actually from fighting. So if you look closely here, some, a scar here and oh, a line man. or two here, a line here and some acne scars, of course. But uh, I was at a dermatologist. You look amazing. Those of you who are listening at home, uh, I see no scars, <laughs> dude. You look so, I don't. I don't know what anyway, you're talking about. So what I was saying yeah. is like, I went to a dermatologist's office, get rid of the acne scars that I have. And he was like, hey, what about these other scars? I'm like, no, no keep them. They're reminders mm. of where I came from. And that's powerful. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, going back to the idea of scars, it's very empowering. Our uniqueness is what makes us attractive. How do we bring that out in a relationship? It's all great that we're self-accepting, but how does that translate? I'm trying to meet somebody for the first time and I, I want to build that attraction. Mm -hmm. That's a tough question to answer. I would just say, obviously, <laughs> use the things. We yeah, don't do softballs Use your experiences <laughs> to your strengths. So my last hmm. relationship that I had was, she liked me because I was well-traveled, you know, who would have thought, right, mm. you know, growing up in different places. A lot of Americans have never been outside the country or they don't have a passport. She thought that was a really cool fact about me. And I just used that mm. to my advantage, I guess, because I was also looking mm. for someone that could relate to my stories. And she's also um, studied in Paris, et cetera. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. Some people like my eyes. I like my eyes too. You know? But uh, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people feel differently. It doesn't matter. As long as you like your own features mm. that you can you know, embrace. Right. 
So what I'm hearing a big part of this is self-acceptance. When we realize that the stories that we may have carried from our childhood, from our upbringing, we don't have to carry on those stories. We start embracing the things that we may have judged as weaknesses, but recognizing that they're actually what makes us unique and therefore strengths. This is where our natural attractiveness will come more evidently. Is that definitely, where you're going definitely. with that? Definitely. I'm not good at everything, but I am good at certain things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be classified as too smart or too nerdy. I'm like, no, no, that's what makes you great. Like show mm -hmm. that like anime. That's going to attract the people that mm -hmm. like the same things as you. Like, you don't mm -hmm. have to be like, you got to be Asian. Like eat the food that you want to eat. Showcase that on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's not weird because mm -hmm. you, you like it. Right. Why, why are you living a life that's not true if you like the life that you mm -hmm. live? That's absolutely true. Does that come up with your clients in terms of like dating and relationships? All the time. I was coaching this other client. He was just starting his coaching journeys and trying to do what I do, but more so like online. And at that time mm -hmm. he was like, do you tell girls that you go on dates with that you're a dating coach? I'm like, yes, of course you got to tell them. You're going to find out eventually. <laughs> it's better to tell them than, 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 than finding out or their friends finding out and then feeling like you're hiding yeah. something from them. Right. They're either going to accept you or not. Yeah. And most of the time they're going to accept you for who you are. If they don't, they're not meant to be mm. in your life anyways. Hmm. So when you tell girls that you're a dating coach, right. do, what's yeah. their response? I would say 80% is positive. They're like, you know what? Men need this. A lot of guys that I go on dates with suck. They don't know how to talk to girls. They make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad someone's mm. like you doing this. How do you coach people to talk to girls? I, I know that is such a challenge, right. especially if you didn't grow up with parents who taught you communication skills or explore that on your own. Yeah. How do you teach that? Like, how do you ask someone out on a date? How do you know when to kiss? The first thing you should do is express yourself, express your feelings. Mm. So let's say right now I see the first thing I see is big, great looking background. Red. I could say, <laughs> you know what? I love your background, John. And it resonates with the Asian and Chinese colors. That's cool. And it makes your skin look really good. That's what I noticed, especially Asian guys, analytical. We tend to think hmm. and then express our emotions. Like, should I say this? Should I not? And then it becomes awkward. So whereas like improv is all about letting your emotions go out first and then rationalizing it. So same thing here. Hmm. So let's say if I say something wrong, if I make a joke, that's, you know, not funny. I can always say, Hey, you know, I just make a joke. But I guess it's not that funny. So we're talking about mm. this. <laughs> as mm. long as you're being honest. So like, like that ownership. Right? As long as your intentions mm. are good. And that's why I challenge people mm -hmm. to think positively. Because if you can think positively, anything that comes out of your mouth is going to be positive, regardless of what comes out. That's why you don't have to think mm. about what you say. It's always going to be good. How do you, th when you say think mm -hmm. positively, because I can just imagine right. trying to think positively, but the entire time I'm just going like, I think positively that my shirt might not look good enough, or I'm pretty positive that I shouldn't make that joke again. What am I right, doing? Right, right. How do you focus? What does thinking so, positive mean? And how do we so there's that point? three things, right? One is optimism. And then second one is mm. pessimism. And then the third one is realism. For example, yeah. this glass, one could say, yeah, it has barely any water in it. I could say it has a lot of water or someone could say, hey, this is a beautiful glass. I can get more yeah. water with this glass. Some guys come to me and, hey, I'm only five, five, the world hates me, girls don't like yeah. me. I would say, what are some benefits of being 5'5"? Five five? Mm -hmm. For example, they can fit in more cars. Like, sometimes it's hard for me to drive sometimes. I can't fit in, even though I'm only six foot. <laughs> in a weird place, get a cramp, right? Other, you eat less, right? I spend a lot of money on food, like close to 2,000, 2,500 a month on food. 
I eat a lot. Yeah. You know, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> they eat less. It's expensive. And they're lighter too, which means that they can live longer and they're more nimble. They can get to places faster. Like it takes me forever to get out of mm. bed or get out of the car. It takes them half the time. There's always pros and cons. Mm. And some women, they like guys that can look them in the eye. They don't want to look up. Mm. <laughs> there are a lot of benefits. So mm. you got to really embrace who you are. If I was a seven foot mm. guy, I'd be like, okay, screw it. I'm tall. Let's, let's make yeah. the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of short kings yeah, out yeah, there. Out. I remember when I was younger and height was a big topic, especially on Asian guys. A lot of times I'm just like, yeah. you know, it's less, I don't think personally my belief, and I base this off of very little scientific study, not being a biologist, but I think it has more to do with nutrition stress and the amount of sleep we get. And if you disagree with that and you have studies, please share it with me. Cause I would love to read it. But, but one thing I always did believe in and knew is that it's not about how tall you are, but how tall you hold yourself. I remember I was on a date one time with a woman and one thing that she really brought up is that she's like, yeah, the last two guys that she had dated, one of them was short and one of them was physically taller. But she said, you wouldn't ever feel it because when I was with the guy who was physically shorter, he felt mm. taller. He was just, he held himself more confidently. Like he owned this big energy. And he said that the thing that I never realized I really cared about wasn't the physical height. It had a lot more with feeling of safety. And because the guy who was physically shorter was in the gym and would take martial arts training, he was just a naturally confident dude. Whereas the guy who was physically taller, funny enough, she didn't feel as safe around him. He was a little bit more easy to push yeah. around. It's not about how tall you are, but it's about how tall you present. It's about how far you, how tall you see That's yourself, right. how, how hold yourself. I absolutely agree with mm. that. 100%. Mm. Yeah, man. Sure. Kings out there. And let's, let, let's explore that a little bit more. We're talking about these stereotypes, right? Asian guys have these stereotypes that we're good at math and we're not confident or shorter, which I don't believe that, but it happens. Do these ever come up with your clients? Like, is this something that affects their mindset and how do you address that from that perspective? Yeah, I definitely stereotypes for sure too. But what I usually say is from my past experience, I've met women that told me that they never liked Asian guys until they met me. So oh, it's not about, wow. you know, they don't know what they don't know. Right. So it's about, imagine if you're a, a person in America and all you see are Asian guys on TV fighting or doing math, you, you might not want that as a future husband. Right. Yeah. But then you meet someone that's more well-rounded well that checks all the boxes. So mm. and just because the stereotypes are out there, doesn't mean that you have these stereotypes. Well, for right. Asian, <laughs> I'm terrible right, at right. math. Yeah. I am unapologetic about it. So for Asian men, you know, like one in three or four Asian men have heard the words, I don't date or I'm not attracted to Asian mm -hmm. men uttered around right. them. That to me is brutal. And what I'm hearing these days is that that doesn't seem to be as big of an issue anymore. A lot of people are changing their perceptions. Is that what you're seeing? That's as well? right. But also I want to challenge this thought. It's like, why does it hurt you if someone says, I don't date Asian men? You have your own preference. Mm. Just like with your car, mm. do you like every color? No, some people don't like lime green. Some people can't burn <laughs> orange, right? Same thing with water. Yeah. There's so many, you're in the water aisle looking for a special kind of spring water. They're, you're going to overlook the sparkling water, the natural water. You're going to overlook the filtered mm. water, right? You're going to the spring water. Mm. So everyone has their own preferences. Like doesn't, just because someone doesn't appreciate yeah. you for you doesn't make you worth less than another person. A lot of oh, us, 100%. we love Teslas, but you buy a $50,000 Tesla, Lexus doesn't one better than the other, just different preferences. Right. Different preferences. So you don't need to really worry about it. 
the person you're looking for is into your brand. Yeah, that's right, exactly. So we're talking about preferences mm -hmm. and then there's fetishes, yeah, right. right? First and foremost, with your clients, do you ever hear that people have preferences for what kind of people they like to date? I always ask them, what are you preferred? So we can tailor mm -hmm. that program okay. to what they want. Because if they mm -hmm. just prefer to date someone that's similar to them, Asian woman, then it's different than someone that's like, I've wanted to date a Caucasian woman or a black woman, but I never know how to step outside mm. my comfort zone. So that's another topic, mm. stepping outside your comfort zone. What is society going to think of that? What are my parents going to think of that? Do you get a lot of Asian guys who are looking to date a certain race? Does any discussion ever come around the beliefs around that or why Definitely. it comes up? No, because I'm, I'm always curious, right? So like, why do you prefer to date certain people? For example, they want to date Let's pretend this person grew up in America, but they're into someone that's fresh off the boat or someone that's more Chinese. They feel like they have an edge over that person. Because if they go to China, yeah. they're like, oh, like everyone's like, oh, this is an American guy, right? Like, oh, they think they're cool, mm -hmm. right? So that's why they're like, you know what? It's easier for me to get with someone that just came from China or came from Asia. But then yeah, culture, looking, I'm like, values. Hey, maybe the mm -hmm. culture doesn't fit together because we're up here and they grew up somewhere else. The beliefs are different. The values are different. So maybe you should find someone that's similar mm. to you. I might just say I can find someone similar to me rather than settling for someone. Mm. You know, we've all heard this that's joke. Powerful. It's like, yeah, if you can't find a wife here, you got to go to uh, Vietnam or something or the Philippines and, you know, find <laughs> Do people have, you know, like growing up as a kid, my dad was saying that if you can't find anyone here, we're going to go back to the farm in China. And that's why a lot of men, this is a serious topic. Like a lot of Chinese men go to Russia to find women because uh -huh. there are more Russian women than men. And the beliefs or the family values are very similar. This is the first time I've ever heard that Chinese people would go to Russia to find wives, but it makes sense mm -hmm. to me. Either Russia or Vietnam. Vietnam it's so interesting. You know, there's such a disproportion of male versus females in China because of the one-child policy. Yeah, that's... Mm. When it comes to your clients in North America though, what are the most common struggles or mistakes do you see them make when they come? The biggest thing I see is them not rating themselves at a higher value than they are. So the first thing I would ask them in the first session mm. is what would you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10? Most of the time they would say like a six or seven. And then I make them do a little mm. exercise, which is listing out their 10 accomplishments and achievements. And then I would mm. read it out to them in a very objective way. Imagine this person isn't you. And this person has, you know, went yeah. to college, you know, came from a poor background. Now he's doing this job. What would you rate this person on a scale one to 10? They're like, this person sounds like a 10 every time. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, this person is you, right? They're like, yes. <laughs> I don't, they're like, so why do I think of myself like that? And then you know, that's something we talk about in the next session. So how do you help them sort of come around? It's something that a lot of us are aware of cognitively that like self-love, self-acceptance, yeah. we have to have a higher faith, but it's hard to put into practice. That's right. Is there anything you found that's effective that gets them to that? Because really all game is inner game. Like everything really comes down just to fear. Because once you have that full acceptance, everything else is mm -hmm. easy. How do you get them across that? Hump? Yes. So understanding where these things come from, usually 100% mm -hmm. from childhood trauma and really dissecting that. Right. If this happened to you now, would mm -hmm. you still be feeling this way? Most of the time it doesn't. A lot of times mm -hmm. their parents maybe hit them or said something to make them feel that they're never good enough. And they held on to the belief for right. 20, 25, 30 years. And then I'm like, okay, let's pretend that your wow. mom said that you can't cook. What do you feel now? Like, I don't care. <laughs> right? Why do you care? Still? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so like understanding that and also building mm. better habits. So a lot of times if they think about these things mm. all the time, 
and they're going to become that. Every thought mm. becomes an action. An action becomes a habit, and habit becomes a result, and then ultimately the lifestyle. Mm. So if your thoughts are negative, then you're not going to challenge yourself to do things that could improve yourself. If you're like, today is the day to start, and you start thinking about things, and then you start doing things that prove that you're capable, and that could become a habit, and then their lifestyle. Mm. I love it. That's awesome. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good. Feeling good. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> this is going great, by the way. I'm, I'm loving the conversations. We have lots of time. I, I just want to check in around 55 minutes in to see if there's something that you're like, we didn't have a chance to discuss this yet, but there's an opportunity for me to go there. So if there's anything else that you feel, is there anything that you feel like, well, we should talk about this. I was excited. You know, I was on a roll. I feel like you were crushing it. That's why yeah, I want yeah. to check in. Good. This, this so far so good. You know, you asked, I was very happy to hear what else can we talk about? What are some things that you have written down? Yeah. I have a few more questions. We already talked about what is it that you wish more people was really focused on. It seems like a big thing is about the mm -hmm. inner work. If there's any more tangible in terms of techniques, those things make really good mm -hmm. clips. So if you have something that's like a framework or a tool, just let me know if there's a question. We talk about online dating. Let's dive yeah, into that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is something that I am personally really curious about because I mean, when I was dating still, Going up to people at a club, a bar, or a cafe was still much more normalized. Mm -hmm. Like that was still something that was just, I'm kind of dating myself <laughs> here. But these days, I feel like online dating is everything. Like everything happens on apps. So is that, first and foremost, is that true? Do you mostly work with people on online dating? I would say like more so in person, but online dating is definitely a tool. So for, okay, so yeah. let's hear both. Let's it's easier first. to sit on the couch or somewhere comfortable and just open up the apps and swipe. Right? Swipe, swipe, and swipe. Talk <laughs> someone, coming up with the courage to approach someone in person. Yeah. So I think that's a good tool if you are someone that is more introverted. So it's so online dating, but online dating, it's not very predictable, right? Certain weeks you might get lucky and sure. get a few matches. Other weeks you might have no matches. And that could really yeah. take a toll on someone's emotional, mental health and well-being. That's why I recommend doing it in person as well. Online dating is more so like fishing with the fishing reel and then having the stick in the water. Just you never know mm. what's going to pull on it or when. Whereas like approaching people in person is like fishing within that, you know, maybe not all mm -hmm. of them are going to respond to the same way you want them to, but at least you have the option to do it yourself, knowing like what's going to mm. happen. So. One. What's your top advice for what to put in those dating profiles? Because everyone, I feel like, struggles <laughs> with it. Think of your dating profile as a resume. You want to put your best foot forward, right? So this means okay. actually getting a photo shoot done, not just like, you know, taking selfies or having your friends take pictures of you. Hmm. Pictures should reflect who you are as a person. If you're playing guitar, reading, bring the book to the photo shoot, right? Or even hmm. if you like playing pool or listen to music, have that as a prop. And then have a picture of you where you look confident and with a smile. Don't put anything mm. on, your, on your face, no glasses, no sunglasses. Right. I want to see the real you and wear clothes that fit and make yourself look good. So that's number one. Pictures, number mm. two is going to be your prompts. You want to make sure that these prompts showcase your personality, especially if you're a humorous guy. And that's what I do with my mm. clients, craft their prompts. And a lot of times by just doing the prompts in a different way, more funny way or a way that really showcases or causes engagement, Definitely helps mm. people like, get more matches. Like the next day, they're like, hey, like, I got like, three different matches just by shifting the prompts. I imagine how, much, yeah, wow. how many more matches you can get by getting better pictures. One of my clients said that he would match with this person a few weeks ago and then he got new pictures and this person came back and started talking to him again. <laughs> 
Yeah, no yeah, way. He probably saw the pictures. So, like, you know what? This guy is definitely more attractive. He's a better yeah, looking yeah, guy yeah, than like I thought. He put in more work. <laughs> and women like guys that put in more work because yeah. it shows that he's able to invest in himself and also invest into this conversation and invest into dating. I always thought that posting pictures that are professionally taken looks kind of try hard, <laughs> but it sounds like it's actually yeah. the opposite. It helps you stand out in, a, in an ocean of selfies right, right. and, guy, and right. guys holding up the stuff they recently <laughs> caught. Or like they're super close to the camera trying Why? to figure out how to do it. Yeah, the... <laughs> Just like with resumes, like I said, it's similar to a resume. With resumes, a lot of people listening or watching have gotten mm-hmm. their resumes revised right by professionals mm-hmm. to give right. yourself a better chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Do a dating profile audit. Um, what do you advise for people for messaging on the dating? Messaging site? is hard. And don't get discouraged because half the people you message aren't going to message you back. It's half, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're going to be busy. They might be talking to someone that they're taking into a next step and they might not want to be on these apps anymore. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. message them too late, they don't get it until the next morning. And they're going to get a whole bunch of messages. So your message is buried, never to be seen again, things mm-hmm. like that. So right. I recommend messaging. Mm-hmm from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the weekdays, Monday to Thursday, and then Sunday as well. So Friday, Saturdays, just ignore those days. Don't message girls mm-hmm. on these apps because they're not going to see you. Oh. Guys, you know, that's, they're, that's, they're procrastinating. That's, they're like, hey, I have no plans today. Maybe I should message some girls and yeah. set something up. The message is going to be, the first one at least, is to craft that fits profile. It's just mm-hmm. to look into who's something right. interesting. A lot of guys yeah. just message things like, hey, hi, how's it going? Hey, cutie, how are you? If attractive woman gets 30 to 50 messages like that, you reply to. <laughs> yeah. You just copy and paste right, the same exactly. thing over it's and like over. Yeah. John, Joe, Jack, everyone is the yeah. same. How many messages or how long before you take it to the date? Right. It's, it's yeah. difficult to, to measure that because you have to get some connections going. So you could talk for three days mm. and there's nothing going on, no spark. If the conversation is platonic, mm. it's very easy to see this person is your grandmother. Does it still work, right? If it still works, then mm-hmm. hey, it's mm-hmm. pretty platonic. Uh, interaction so you know it's like a lot of time they're just asking about their work etc things that you know don't cause a spark so instead say things that evoke emotions a lot of times you might be a little what's an example of that let's pretend that you mentioned something about food you ask me about food sure let's say i'm a I'm a woman and my profile has a picture of me eating right, ramen right. and you're like, oh, I love the ramen place. What's your favorite place? And I'm like, this is what it is. So yeah, you said you like, like oh, a ramen. ramen. So let's pretend you're the woman, right? So yeah. I'm like, okay, so like, yeah. I see that ramen place. What What is it called? Do you, is your favorite food ramen? That's one of my favorite foods. Ramen is, you know, I love seafood and uh, Asian food. I'm going to say that's awesome because I also enjoy seafood noodles, any kind of noodles, period. And I was, do you have the same preference in food as you do in men. By saying that, you're transitioning this conversation to more of a flirty, romantic sense. You might okay, say, no, so- if she's, what kind of man do you prefer? She might say, I like them tall, uh-huh. blonde, but you can say, have you noticed that I'm not what you described? And then oh. letting her justify why she likes you. It's like a flirty uh-huh. game that we can play. Hmm. How do you define, because that's always a good question is, I know a lot of guys who, when they hear the words like, I oh, just gotta be flirty. Yeah. Asian definitions of flirtiness, Looks very right, different right. from Western <laughs> definition of flirt. How do you but define think flirting? Think about it in, a, in more of a sexual way. It's like, imagine mm. you and her are on that level, right? If you talk about relationship, yeah. you talk about sex, that's usually what turns into more of a flirty conversation. If you talk about work, that usually mm-hmm. turns into a ghosted mm-hmm. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so like right now, we're talking so about men right? folk- yeah, and yeah. dating. So that has a lot of potential to be mm-hmm. more flirty, right? You can tell me about... You know, how you watch this anime and you're like, you know what, that 
character made me, you know, interested in Asian men. And then, wow. right? So I could talk yeah. about anime. I could talk about that character. My experience dating is mm -hmm. more on that level. And what it sounds like is even if you don't know how to quote unquote flirt, flirtatiousness can actually come if you're talking about a naturally more romantic or That's emotional right. or even sexually charged mm -hmm. topics about, you know, what they find attractive, what they don't find attractive, that would naturally bring out flirtation. Right. And yeah. also bring yourselves together. So you and her, you guys aren't fighting against each other. It's not, I'm better than you, you're better mm -hmm. than me. It's you guys are on the same team. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to one up each other, just be, let's do this together. Let's try that together. Next time you can bring me some leftovers from that mm -hmm. place. I've never tried it before. Nice. One thing that I feel like a lot of Asian guys may not fully, you know, just cause my background, I've done a lot of men's work. I find that a lot of Asian guys aren't familiar with or haven't really practiced is kind of stepping into their embodied masculinity. Yeah. We tend to be really analytical, you know, cerebral, intellectual, and rational, but we're not really focused on that kind of more primal mm -hmm. side of things. Yeah. Do you ever encounter that? And, and if so, do you? Yeah, support? 100%. It's because yeah, okay. of uh, our uh, upbringing, Confucianism. It's never good to step yeah. outside of the line. It's always to be humble. Yeah. Can't we tend to just be people pleasers, unfortunately. And a lot of guys are nice yeah. guys, you know, quote unquote, and they have the nice guy syndrome where they feel like they need to please everybody and they don't really have their own voice. And I challenge them to step outside mm. of that and have their own voice and set boundaries whenever things are not how you want them to be. And really tell people that, hey, you know, like, I don't like when you do this and that's fine. Mm. And that's really powerful because it's going to gain you the respects, the respect of men and the respect of women, as well as the respect of yourself. I like that. So owning your own self, right. you're not pleasing anyone by standing in the middle, just like with mm. campaign, you can't stand in the middle. It gets like 4% of the vote. Whereas the left and right. Gets... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever your beliefs are, it's okay to, I think, especially in this day and age, other people that are, are similar to you are going to really like you for speaking up. And yeah. they're going to become your best friends or yeah. possibly your next wife. That's a big one. Whatever side you take, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to dislike That's you right. anyway, just because whatever you stand for. Even if you right? don't stand for uh, anything, whatever like, you, you know, stand this guy for. doesn't stand for anything, but he falls for everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then now you're just standing for standing right, for right, nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. so people are going to like you, treat you the same way, regardless of who you are. They're, they're gonna, always going to be people that are for you, against you, but you got to be for yourself. That is an awesome quote. That is beautifully done. I have some more questions. I, I want to ask about what it's like going through a date, about at what point do you migrate to more sexual activity, mm -hmm. but I don't want to take up too much of your time and I want to leave some secrets so that people can reach out to you and get that advice when they want. How do people who are listening to this and want to learn more about your work or possibly even sign up with you? My Instagram is A-I-S-E-N-L-I. You can find me there. Also, you can go to my website, theasiandatingcoach.com. I offer a free call. We can set up a call to see if I can help you with your situation, give you some uh, real life advice. Thanks. Okay. So you're on a date now. You were successful. You got it off the apps. She's excited. You're excited. First and foremost, what kind of date do you suggest? I would say, do, you, do you take him to the fancier yeah, restaurant? I would say what, no, what no to fancy restaurants because you don't want to give her too much anxiety. Bill might come out to be 250 and she's like, maybe you have to split bill. What if you sit yeah. down for four hours and she doesn't like it? I would suggest something more casual. A lot of easier is going to be having a drink or two at a bar close by. One of you guys don't meet me halfway because I'm trying to miss. So I suggest either go somewhere closer to her. And if the night turns out well, she might invite you back to her place. Who knows? So mm. like, 
let's explore that in a second. Copies are similar, right? The more coffee you drink, the more nervous and jittery you're going to get. And you're going to be oh. so nervous on the first day anyways. Why would you want to do that to yourself? Especially when two people are drinking coffee, oh. you want to make a you know, beeline to the restroom? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. So it's uh, hard to be romantic no at a coffee shop. There's blenders That's working true. and then people are looking at you background. if you're making moves. <laughs> yeah. Bubble tea? Is bubble tea? There's going to be a lot of teenagers talking <laughs> at you. We don't want that. We want to make it happen. So like a casual, it sounds like drinks or... Yeah, dinner. maybe like a place where with bites, good glass of mm, wine. Right. Casual. Mm -hmm. I like it. Things are going good. You're kind of sitting across from each other. There's chemistry. Yeah. I feel like a struggle we get into, especially as guys, is like, how do we start turning up that physical That's connection? Right. Without it becoming awkward, right? We don't want to seem like, right, like, right. Kind of like <laughs> predatory, right? Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah, how do we make that natural and still feel safe? For sure, for sure. For so when it comes to the kiss, right, a lot of times they feel, the guy feels like, it's going well, should I kiss her, should I not? You have to ask yourself this question. Have you touched her at all on this date? You can't be like, hey, like a wave, and then, you know, 15, 20, or like two hours later, you go for a kiss. And you have to at least have some kind of physical touch before that, right? So I recommend, mm -hmm. I'm a big okay. hugger. I think this is not normal to not hug someone that you find physically attractive yeah. or going on a date with. So, I, I, First thing I would I do, yeah, give, her, give her a hug, right? Give the woman a hug. Mm -hmm. And then there should be other, for example, there, there should be the last 10%. Imagine if you're, you know, baking something in the oven, it doesn't just go from zero degrees to 400 degrees in one second, right? It's like zero, 50 degrees, 100 degrees. So like everything in between are different kinds of romantic gestures, touches, etc. The kiss should be the last 10%. Mm. She's like, there's nothing else left, right? You got to kiss me now or else it's weird. <laughs> so you're you're talking about physical touch. What kind of physical touch are you suggesting? Yeah, on, yeah. Sometimes maybe if you guys agree on something, I'm surprised that you're one of the few people that agrees with me. High five. That's what I'm saying. Expressing your feelings, sharing your feelings with her. I love your nails. This color is actually really cool. It's one of my favorite colors. Mm -hmm. And then like, that's why you can touch her hand. Sometimes I just hold her hand like right. this as I talk because it's normal. Maybe like if I hear a song that comes right. up at a bar, I could mm -hmm. grab her hand and dance with her for a little bit. Do a little salsa. Who knows? <laughs> right? Like that. Take some salsa Maybe lessons. On the beat. Or, you know, at least <laughs> you're trying. Go watch a YouTube video. <laughs> Ch check out how to salsa right. for beginners. Imagine that mm -hmm. you are her protector. Make her feel comfortable. If you're going to the restroom, I usually like to, you know, get, imagine this is her head, like this microphone. I would be like just... Whisper to her, hey, I'm, by the way, I'm going to use the gentleman's room real quick. Be right back, right? Maybe my hand would be touching her yeah. lower or upper back. That's another sign of touching. Right, yeah. And I think it's especially now more important than ever to be aware of those safety right. boundaries. If you're seeing that she's kind of... Right, pregnant, right. Give yeah, them a little space. Give her space. Yeah. Or you can even ask her, are you uncomfortable? Who knows? But you always want to make sure she's comfortable. Be her protector. That's good advice. Right? Be mm -hmm. her protector. Do you ever advise guys you coach to take their dates home on the first date. Mm. Have that's up to, like, that's up to the, to the woman mm. and the man. So it's not my place right. to say, but want. as right. long as the chemistry is right, like if you are honest with that person and she feels like she knows you, it doesn't take three days for a person to really get comfortable. It could be just one date, even on the first date. Mm. That's up to yeah. them, right? Mm. But I would at least show your date that you like her, either mm. telling her or maybe making right. some like, flirting, physical escalation or verbal escalation, at least doesn't mm -hmm. so it doesn't feel like an interview. Yeah. A lot of times guys yeah. have the mistake where especially beginner guys, they have the mistake of memorizing like typical questions to ask on dates and move on to the next question without going deeper. It's like, what's your favorite <laughs> color? Pink. Okay. What's your favorite food? 
They just take it out of right. It's like, it's like, <laughs> and at the end of the day, like I asked all the questions, yes, and then they get ghost woman was hey, sorry, I had a good time, but it feels like we're not on the same page. Or you know, I see you as a friend. Oh man, best of luck. Yeah. With you. Like I said before, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and advice. And those of you guys who want to explore what coaching looks like, I appreciate you inviting me here, John. So I have Instagram. If you want to find me, it's my first and last name, A-I-S-E-N-L-I. And you can also go on my website, the AsianDatingCoach.com. I offer free 15-minute or 20-minute calls if you want to uh, get to know each other, understand your situation, and see if I can help. Brilliant. Guys, if you're looking for some dating advice, do not hesitate. Reach out. Get some support at the very least have somebody check out your dating <laughs> profile because who knows what is keeping you back and as always make sure to focus on your inner work be transparent with who you are be accepting love yourself thanks very much i so appreciate you today as asian americans we are as strong as our collective community so if there's something that you found valuable in this episode share it with a friend and tag us on social media and if you like the show leave us a review and send us a screenshot and you might win some big asian energy merch which we give out every month so you can go out there and own your big asian energy